listening to episode 217 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we look at the first episode of the latest offering in the Marvel Universe, Marvel's Inhumans. And, you know, again, another one of these shows that's had a lot of a buildup. So we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but how you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. It's been a very unhappy day of news, but, uh, you know, like sucky some crazy jerk a-hole decided to go and shoot up las vegas and then um you know then a uh, you know guy who used to be as a a uh, vice principal for us uh just died as you you told me last night and then um you know now tom petty is though not i guess he's not quite dead yet well i guess some Outlets were reporting he was dead, but then I guess like you, I read that no, that was not true. That he is, you know, still alive and clinging to life. But like you said, it's getting kind of old. About you know, each week uh, our thoughts and prayers going out to somebody. Yeah, I mean they do, but gosh, we wish they didn't. Yeah, didn't well, we wish to. they didn't have to. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, uh, but. You know, I guess that's the world we live in. So, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, what we can provide genre fans is a little bit of an escape. And, you know, I think that's what, uh, you know, what we yeah. like about genre TV. Sorry, and, start and off on of, that downer there, David. No, yeah, you had to, had to. So, but, you know, uh, as always, want to remind you guys, love to hear from you. Emails to sci fi TV rewatch at gmail.com website you can leave us a voicemail with the leave voicemail tab record your own audio clip if you want send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and as always we'd encourage you to join the facebook group and join the discussions there so michael is in vancouver for three days you may have noticed that he was not uh next door to you today well i i I knew he was going to be in vancouver i talked to him so did you see the picture he posted i did see the picture he posted actually yes that should be me uh, that should be you, but then you'd have to leave the house. So, so. Exactly. Good point. But <laughs> but you were mentioning before we went on the air uh, that you might be dumping Flash and Arrow. And of course, Arrow, uh, you know, it's funny. What I do is I Google Arrow Lexa Doig and I try to find all the clips that she's in and watch <laughs> those in Arrow. But yeah. Uh, so what are you thinking on those two? I don't know. It's just... Uh... You know, I it just I uh, feel like I need to clear the bench a little bit more of uh, shows I'm watching, and I just I don't know, I'm just not super into them anymore. I think they like they're just so like over dramatic and everything, and it just seems like one silly plot you know device after another. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just at the end of last season, I was just kind of like thinking, you know, I was watching it. About halfway through, I started watching the eye of, do I really want to continue with this? And then, um, you know, by the end of the season, I think I pretty much gotten to a point where I'm just like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, and so, I, so much, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so much coming up. Yeah, yeah You know, we got the librarian's return date at December 20th, which is a Wednesday, which is going to, I think, present a little bit of a problem for for us recording because with Christmas Eve and, uh, you know, we'll do our best. Generally, we've been recording these on Mondays, but Christmas Eve is a Monday, so we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. 
Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have more time then. Well, to, that's uh, true as well. Now, so. guess what I was searching for on Netflix but could not find? Um, I don't know. Deadpool. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think it's on Netflix. And not on HBO Go, not on Showtime on demand or whatever. Oh, it's it on is HBO. It. it was on HBO a couple months ago. Yeah, but it's not now. So uh, I, I, I did at least make the effort to try to track it down. So I've got it on my list. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it a peek and, and see. Well, what you all got the, f- the library. It's not. It's like you know, five minutes away from you, man. Like, hey, hey, I was just there yesterday, dude. I since I wasn't going to watch the Ravens game because I'm having my own little protest at the moment. But are I you did, really? I am. I did go okay. down to the Finksburg Library, and. Uh-huh. Of course, my card doesn't work because I haven't used it in two years, but they were really good. To, literally, it took them like, you know, three minutes to get me a new card. And right. I'm checking out all the DVDs they've got. And it's not as big as the main branch in, in Westminster, but right. yeah, nice I, miss, library, though. I miss going to the library. Now, speaking of libraries at school, what's the deal with you guys letting kids come in there? I mean, shouldn't that just be for the librarian, the slayer, and her little cadre? I mean, come on. <laughs> now that I'm almost finished season two of Buffy, I'm, um, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, if I watch Deadpool, you have to like maybe watch an episode or two of Buffy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a deal. I can do that. Right. Okay. All right. I'll tell you, it's funny. I, I messaged Elena and I, I thought she had told me at one point that she had watched Buffy. And she responded that she did, but she was too young to really understand it. I'm thinking like, yeah, <laughs> she's probably like, what, 13 <laughs> right. or 12 or something yeah, like yeah. that. And I was thinking like, yeah, I wish I could use that excuse. My mom wouldn't let me watch it, but uh, oh, well. Right. All right. Well, anyway, let's talk about the Inhumans because this has been you know much talked about, much maligned in the press. And this is Behold the Inhumans. And Those Who Would Destroy Us, Episodes 101 and 102, which aired back-to-back on September 29th, 2017, written by Scott Buck, who also wrote for Dexter and Six Feet Under. I don't know if you watched either of those. Um, so I think I watched like maybe the first, maybe the first two seasons of Six Feet Under. Um, I've never seen Dexter. I've heard, yeah, obviously I've heard it's really good, but just, uh, never haven't gotten to that one yet. Yeah. I've seen some random episodes of Dexter. I watched all of six feet under and, and of course, I'm sure you know that the guy that plays Dexter was in six feet under. Yes. And then, uh, this one was directed by Roel Rien, who directed a couple episodes of blood drive and a bunch of Dutch films and TV that not only had, I know I, no idea what they were. I couldn't even right. read them. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's been a lot of bad press about the Inhumans, and yeah. like I said with Star Trek, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, which was nice. And I guess what I would say with Inhumans that it's nowhere near as bad as it was made out to be. Okay, so uh, you know, so what are your thoughts about it? Um, well, you know, like you said, um, you know, the expectations for it were, were fairly low, I think, uh, from the buzz we'd seen from people who went out to actually see it in the movie theater. 
Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily go in expecting to be that great, um, and I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was it was solidly okay. I would say. Um, I would think if you were into the Inhumans comic book, you would probably be a lot more into this. But I'd never read the Inhumans as a comic book, so I was not into it at all, really. But I mean, I don't know. It was okay. There's just a lot of things kind of getting in the way, though. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't really think I'm going to watch it uh, anymore. But who knows? Yeah. I might well, check I, out I, episode two. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of the Marvel television universe, you basically got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter both of which are, are pretty highly thought of in, in the fan community and, and the community of uh, critics as well. And this is essentially replacing Agent Carter. It's only eight episodes. So, you know, one of the, the problems I have is with any series is, is character development. And, you know, People will say, well, you got to give it time to develop. Well, it's only eight episodes. They don't have right. time. Yeah, you, we you really got, don't have time. Yeah, you got to nail it right from the get-go. Now, I mean, like I think like you were alluding to, there's some things to like, and, and I'm not going to bash it. I think you know, we're probably both in the C range on this, You know, whether pluses or minuses, and you know, if I'm wrong, you'll tell me at the end. In right. That. But I, I did like the incorporation of the original Inhumans emigrating to the moon. And, and again, I don't know anything about the comics, and I don't think you do either. I don't or, at all, no, nothing. Okay. okay. I just remember, so, like, Medusa would pop up in other team-ups. Like, I used to read the Avengers when I was a kid, and she'd pop up in those every now and then and things like that. And uh, Lockjaw, you know, would pop up every now and then. Um, so those are the two that I recognized out of the Inhumans. Okay. Um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, no. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I, I like the fact that they're apparently living cloaked above the surface in a giant lunar crater. And if so, which is, I think, pretty much probably true – why come out when you know there's a NASA mission underway? You know, it's like you're asking to be discovered. So, you know, on the one hand, I think that's a cool idea. On the other hand, that's kind of a problematic plot point. Yeah. Well, I, it just, I think they, they kind of just had it because really, I mean, what that, that only does is it gets, um, you know, what's her name in the game? Louise. Louise. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. So it really just gets her in the game. It's not like the government is on to him or anything because, you know, like, uh, you know, Tim Meadows, her you know, her boss says, like, you know, you're going to go to your bosses with that, that this is a hoof, you know, like that's insane. Um, that's who that was. I knew I recognized him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like I like that idea that the NASA scientist stays with her hunch that there's more going on here than meets the eye. Um, and you know, on the one hand, it's easy to say this aspect could have been more developed in these first two episodes, but I suspect in episode three, we're going to see a lot more of her. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. But, and if I, if I 
mistaken call her Felicity, then you're going to have to forgive me. Okay. Is that like Felicity? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, okay. Like, because you know, like, like is she not like Felicity Smoke, like okay. to a T? Yes. yes. Like the hair is. pulled back, the glasses, the same, you know, kind of little arrogant attitude, slightly arrogant. Uh, I'm smarter than everyone else in this room type thing. Okay. See, at first uh, I thought yeah. you were referring to the J.J. Uh, Abrams show, Felicity, that preceded no. Lost, or actually preceded Alias, rather. One of the next issues that I, I think deservedly so brings up some criticism refers to the derivative plot points. I mean, the jealous brother uh, out to get out to get what he yeah. thinks he deserves, masked in some social commentary about subservient underclass. You know, and we'll talk about that as the discussion gets going. The deliberately losing the comm link so Crystal would call Medusa. I mean, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, the lone assassin. <laughs> well, Crystal, despite being a part of the royal family, and you think would have been briefed on security protocols, uh, you know, immediately calls you know, Medusa right away. Right. Now, I, I guess the biggest issue with with Inhumans and and with any show, we have to like the characters, and yes. you know by extension we have to like the actors playing those characters. Right. And at, at this point, outside of uh, Karnak, yeah, there's nobody I really like. And and you know what? If you have the actors' names, great, throw them in there. I thought you know, like you, I'm not sure I'm going to keep going. It's it's not that I thought the show was terrible. I just I'm not sure yet. So well, I we at, at this point, I feel I need to step in because you got Anson Mount playing Black Bolt. Now you didn't watch Hell on Wheels, but he was awesome. He's so good. But they and granted, I I get it. Black Black Bolt can't talk, right? If he talks, people die. So you know, but you're going to get a guy like Anson Mount to play the non-speaking role like seriously well, well seriously what kind of damn power is that what good's a power you can't use well but he can use it you Why? just see like when he's about to like speak at maximus i mean maximus is crap in his pants until you know stupid lockjaw shows up well, that's right. true. Well, but but Karnak and his sarcasm, uh, you know, we all know him from Lost. I can't think uh Ken Young. Oh, yeah, Ken Lung. Ken Lung. Ken Lung. Um, yeah. Dude, the surfers who help Gorgon. Yeah. They were awesome. They were the best character, probably the best characters in in the the whole, you know, episode, I think. Who doesn't like a little trouble? Yeah, yeah. so that was awesome. Well, and I like that Gorgon is taking his, you know, advice from the surfers like you know like his strategical device uh advice so i just thought that's funny well and then uh the brother and sister that go through the terragenesis ceremony the boy bronagia i I like him i I don't necessarily like him so much but i like the fact that his character is clearly being set up as a key figure and we know that he's going to end up being caught in this web of lies and deceit and and just murder and it'll be interesting to see how as a young man gosh he's i don't even know if it's fair to call him a young man he's 
still a boy, but how he's going to react to all that. Right, right. Yeah, um, but you know, definitely don't like his character either because he's getting sucked into helping out, you know, Maximus. And like now that we're talking about actors, like Maximus, right? Well, yeah. Well, well uh, yeah, the guy I who mean, played freaking Ramsey yeah. Bolton, right? Yeah. But so it's like it, if you're going to pick a guy who everyone is going to hate the minute they see him, you couldn't have picked a better actor. This poor guy, actually, because I mean, obviously, he he knocked the crap out of Ramsey Bolton. Like that, he killed that role. He was awesome. Probably one of the best bad guys I've ever seen. But now, as I watch this, I realize I'm going to hate this guy whenever I see him. Like automatically. Like they didn't even have to do any backstory on Maximus. Like you, know, like you have him hitting on Medusa. You don't need to do that. You got Ramsey Bolton playing him. He's hated already, you know, like done. Well, we could argue the merits of, of choosing him to play that part because virtually everybody knows him as Ramsey Bolton. So whether exactly. you see that as a good choice or a bad choice is irrelevant, but he really is the most complex character to come out of the first two episodes. So, you know, there is that. And, you know, it's, it's, again, he's one of those characters that he says something and you go, well, you know, he's not wrong when he says something, you know, particularly about the underclass, but, uh, but uh, he, he, he's freed no one. It's not like, he's like, all right, come out of the mines. You are free. No, he's like, yep. Keep on working there, buddy. You're doing a great job. <laughs> well, we'll see. Now, now, one of the other things I really liked was without her powers, Medusa's resourcefulness was was pretty appealing. Catching that bus, stealing the guy's knife, tracking down Black Bolt. So I, I, I like the fact that we see her without her superpower. And then the last thing is, I wonder why Hawaii? I mean, yeah. why search there? Right, right. I mean- God, who am I forgetting? Uh, not Gorgon. Who, who's uh, there searching for Inhumans? The the aquatic guy. Got him. Oh, uh, Triton. Triton. Why Triton goes to Hawaii to search? Because that's where the girl was, right? Oh, okay. So, so they were targeting that one girl. See, I guess I yeah. wasn't sure whether they just sent him down there in general. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But the other thing I'm wondering, why spend the money for production costs by filming in Hawaii, especially when this show, you know, is kind of hanging in the balance anyway. So, you know, what ABC does with their television decisions regarding Marvel, I have no idea. Somebody must (laughs) know, but I'm not one. Well, if I were going to make a TV show, I would be like, you know what? This should really be set in Hawaii. I think. Well, yeah. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, the opening scene, we've got that young girl to whom you were referring, and she's being chased by these paramilitary guys with guns shooting at her. She encounters Triton, who tells her what she is, and there's a place for people like her. Okay. Let's, I, I just need to, I know this is nitpicking, but let's just examine this little encounter here, right? Triton, the first thing he says is, you're safe. Well, no, you're not. 
We just saw the guys with guns. They were shooting at you. They're not far behind. Unless, Triton, you have some kind of magical shield, you're not safe. Which he immediately changes when he's like, run! Right? Yeah. So there's one thing. Uh, The second thing is, listen, let's... Why don't we do the exposition some other time? You know, like when we're not being shot. Let's escape the guy shooting at us first, and then you can fill me in on all the little exposition points that I don't need. Well, that the girl doesn't need to know because she's about to get killed. But, you know, they clearly feel that we need to know back home. Wait a minute. You had a problem with what if I told you there was a place where people like us could be safe. Yeah, I mean, nobody is going to mistake this dialogue for having been written by Joss Whedon. No. So, yeah. Or even Jed Whedon. Yeah, this this scene was a little cringeworthy, I will say. Now, that said, I thought the actual action and the way it opened with that slow motion, his boots in the water, I thought that was pretty cool. But, you know, once they stopped and started talking, it all fell apart. Yeah, pretty much. So, and at this point, I wasn't sure whether they were after him or her. Right. But it does seem as if it was him. Yes. Because after he jumps off the cliff and into the water, one of them says, our mission's complete or whatever. And I'm thinking like, really? You do know he's inhuman, right? (laughs) Yeah. Mission accomplished. Just like when uh, George W. put that up on the aircraft carrier to tell us that uh, the Iraq war was ended. I'm so glad that conflict in Iraq ended. That was really nice. Well, okay. So Triton, his deal is he's aquatic in nature, right? And you do realize he just jumped in the water. His name's Triton, right? Ah, so That's like the name of the dad in The Little Mermaid, so. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll take your word for that one. (laughs) All right, so we get then the scene with NASA and the lunar rover exploring when something knocks it out of commission. And the visual seems to indicate something or someone with hooves may have been in the picture. And, and, and as you said, I didn't say it was a hoof. I said it looked like a hoof. Right. But uh, uh, of course, this sounds crazy, but there's no knowledge that the moon's inhabited by inhumans. So, you know, there's no reason for anybody to think right. anything like this. But I, I do like the fact that, you know, uh, she's not going to just take no for an answer. She's going to keep exploring this. And the, the issue, though, I have, apparently Gorgon keeps going outside the walls whenever one of NASA's rovers gets too intrusive. And why would you keep risking that? I'm assuming that whatever you're using to cloak yourselves is pretty secure. I mean, these rovers are not, you know, 10-ton dump trucks that can travel 100 miles an hour you know what i'm saying it's like yeah they seem pretty small when well, we see why, his collection why, i don't well i guess nasa is kind of because they're going to want to colonize the moon right sure so i was about to say you know something snarky about why would nasa be check out the moon anyway but hey we're going to put a colony there so so that's why yeah um so but but yeah you know like well gorgon does not seem to me to be much of a deep thinker you know? Yeah. But uh, I guess what I'm wondering, though, is, you know, we learned that they're in a city called Adelan, governed by a king who is Black Bolt and Queen Medusa. 
you wonder why Black Bolt allows him to keep doing that because I agree with you. He, you know, those just seem to be poor decisions. And, you know, the whole idea about him not speaking, I, I mean, I get it. You know, we learn why he doesn't speak. He is apparently able to communicate not only with some sort of elaborate sign language, but touch, or at least so it seems to me. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, like the second time I watched it, when he like kind of puts his hand on Max, the first time I saw it, I, I assumed that he was communicating with Maximus like through some kind of through touch, like you said. The second time I watched it, I'm like, you know, it might just be he's just making a reassuring type trust me gesture. I don't know if he's actually communicating with him either. Yeah, but, although like you, it, it it came across as more than just simply a, a reassuring gesture. Right. So now the other thing that I seem to take away from that scene was the people apparently love them. I mean, again, I understand that maybe that was for show on the people's part, but it seemed as if they revered the king and queen. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't yeah, it's 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 tough to tell. You know, but what are you gonna do with the plebs, yeah. right? You know, yep. like well, we're introduced to the Queen's younger sister, Crystal, who seems to just want to do her own thing. And uh, obviously, she's got the big dog who we learned's name is Lockjaw. And Lockjaw, ironically enough, has the best superpower of all in that he can yes. teleport. Right. Yep. So that's pretty darn cool. Well, I mean, Medusa's was pretty cool. Black well, Bolt is pretty hardcore. Yeah, but he can't use it. Well, I mean, he, he can. can, he can, but see, the problem is, I mean, he can't necessarily, well, I don't know whether he can or not, but can he focus, you know, his audio signal? I mean, if there's a, a group of 10 people fighting, five of them are good, five of them are bad, and he does his voice thing, don't all 10 get killed? I, I, I assume that's why he doesn't talk, because right. he doesn't so, have that level of control over it. Right, now. so... But as that may be, uh, we talked about the Terra Genesis ceremony for the brother and sister, and we get that sense that there's a lot of pressure on the ceremonies because we have a caste system that's set up pretty clearly. The Inhumans are clearly considered superior and have an easier life on Adelan. Uh, the humans work the mines, which doesn't seem to be a very pleasant job, but like I said... They appeared to revere the king and queen. Now, maybe they rule by fear and intimidation. We didn't yeah, get I mean, that. what are you going to do if the king can just say hello and blow you away? So, right, you know, maybe yeah. a little reverence would be in order there. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I like the ceremony. You know, we have some knowledge of it from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They, they put them in the chamber, pop in the Terrigen Crystal, wait and see what happens and the girl gets the wings she's a flyer and again i like the fact that the boy at first thinks it failed and that he's right. doomed to a life in the mines which apparently also is going to impact his parents as well although maybe it's just that they wanted something better for their son and, and that's why they were so disappointed because, yeah i think so for the most i mean part, at the but... end of the day it's all random chance right Right, and 
you know, for every sibling that has had an overachieving sibling, you know, we can relate to this kid a little bit because the sister gets out and she's got wings. And it was like, oh, I love flyers. And oh, you know, like she got the most incredible thing ever. And this poor kid then comes in and just like, I didn't get anything. I right. knew it wasn't going to. Yeah. Right. She got the cool toy, but he got the one that can really make an impact. And at the end of the day, it's his power that really is going to have the most impact on the entire city. I think that's pretty darn clear. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, we get the idea that the King's brother, Maximus, is fomenting revolution those that don't pass the teragenesis test work in the mines, which really is a form of slavery. I don't know how else you can can. Uh, well, uh, you might get paid for it. You know, I guess I so. wouldn't call it slavery, but I guess so. But the other thing I found interesting is that Maximus does not appear to be loved by the people who recognize that he avoids the mines because of his brother. And to his credit, he uses that point to his advantage when he when he makes that speech look hey i know i'm lucky my brother's king i don't know how much good that does but right (laughs) what what we well well again if you got people like again like you know like maybe the the masses are not known for you know really again being super thoughtful so maybe here the and, and this is like the the grossest oversimplification of you know, of the proletariat, right? It's just these spineless kind of lackeys who just are completely controlled by the the bourgeois and who, you know, will follow anyone, will just follow rules and they don't think for themselves. And, and we totally see that, right? Because they just follow whoever. Right. You know. Right. But, you know, when I mentioned earlier in the podcast about Maximus and some of the things that he purports to want to do elicit the reaction, well, he's not wrong. I mean, what is it that Black Bolt is having done? He's, he's sending emissaries to Earth, finding humans, bring them back to Adelan. But we learn that Adelan is a finite city. It's not going to get bigger, right? They can't expand it, or, or at least that's the impression we get. And... What Maximus is saying is that we're going to run out of space and resources here. We need to go to Earth, which, on the surface of it, is that such a bad idea? Well, you know, the people in Germany in the 1930s thought that that was a good idea, right? Well, I mean, it's clearly a commentary on immigration. and right. And... It's it's I, I get it. But on the other hand, we know what going to Earth will mean. And that is a inhuman human war, which he seems to want. Yeah, oh, he definitely he's well, he because he, he assumes they're going to win it, you know, hands down. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, he does think that. But clearly he's not aware of, I think, everything that is going on on Earth. Right. But. Uh, Look, anytime, whether we're talking about our our government in real life, anytime secrets are kept, 
we have a lot of questions. So the fact that the king's keeping it a secret that he's sending teams to Earth to look for Inhumans to bring them back, I mean, it, it, it causes a problem because of the secrecy. But I, I did like the, the idea that these are descendants of those left behind when the Inhumans moved to the moon so that they, they are related to the people on the moon. So isn't it our duty to go and, and do what we can to protect them because, you know, we don't get a sense of how much they know about life on Earth. I mean, I thought that was pretty good the way they handled Black Bolt and Medusa when they first got to Earth. They didn't seem to be completely disoriented, right? They had a pretty good idea of what it was they were seeing. Yeah, I mean, they had some kind of idea, but I don't think they were completely prepared for it. Well, but I mean, she knows to get on the bus. I mean, she's immediately thinking, all right, you know, what's my plan going to be? She notices that guy's got a a knife on his belt. So, you know, I I mean, I thought it was pretty calculated. How'd she get that, Dave? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. We we didn't see that part. but (laughs) (laughs) uh, It happened off camera. Yeah, exactly. But idea that these are members of our own family we're not going to leave them to suffer you you get that side of the argument so when we look at the 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 stories that are thrown at us in these first two episodes i I mean that is one that's not quite clear cut that that certainly black bolt's got a point and as much as it pains me to say maximus has a point as well so can they come to some sort of an agreement some sort of resolution well that wouldn't make for very exciting television so we know that's not going to happen right but all right um karnak who i said was one of my favorite characters king's loyal advisor but i love the fact that the guy has no social graces he does not know what tact is and i love that about him but yeah true his ability, and, and this is something that, that I had to look up because it, once I looked it up, then it made sense. But his power is the ability to see the flaws in things, whether it's people, plans, and structures. So he understands that Maximus is dangerous, tries to point it out to the royal family, but you know, is he so eccentric that sometimes he's not listened to in time uh, we don't know i i just that's one of those things that i wonder yeah. well and, and that, that it's actually one of the big problems i had like like black bolt not knowing how dangerous his brother was i just don't see that you know like maximus well, is all like you never saw it coming you know but how, how could you not you know it's not like he was you know reticent about his disapproval of everything black bolt was deciding right yeah and you look at the technology that they have i find it difficult to believe that he's not monitoring the activities of certain people and if he's not then shame on him like his brother is definitely a person of interest here you know yeah now we did have one flashback which given that it was in isolation I'm not sure I get the point of it. And that's, you know, the younger Medusa enters the chamber of a young man who obviously is the king as a young man. I'm not afraid of you. And I, I guess I just don't 
you know, get the point. I mean, is there an implication that Black Bolt treats Medusa with less than respect? Because, I mean, there is something that comes out of that scene, but I'm just not sure what it really is. So, I mean, if it's that unclear, I don't know. What's yeah, I mean, I just kind of took it that they've known each other for a really long time. And that they're like soulmates or something. I think that to me that was what they're trying to get. But you're right. It's the 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 purpose of that scene is 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 not clear. Yeah, Unlike no. the purpose of the first scene that we saw with those two, which right. had a very now, clear purpose. Right now, you, talking of soulmates, you've already mentioned the fact that Maximus and Medusa apparently have a past of some kind. So whether it was just friends or they were romantically linked at one point or whether this is one of these deals where he crushed on her and she rebuffed him always. We don't really know. I mean, she certainly puts him in his place at this point, but he now has that light bulb moment when he realizes what the boy's power is because the snakes all over him in the vision were of course her hair. Right. So, the kid, I mean, he still needs more proof of it, and he gets it, you know, in that later scene with the council. But he's pretty sure that this kid has the power of precognition, and obviously that's a that's a very valuable power to have. Sure, but also can be problematic, right? As we know with people who know their future, right? Sure. Like yeah. sometimes... You know, when you try to avoid it, you bring it about and all that stuff that goes on. So, in my opinion, best not to know. Well, but, right. And Go ahead. Oh, just like, I mean, how, like, cliche of a villain can we make Maximus at points, right? Like, right here, the hitting on his brother's wife. It's just like, they're you know, they're just trying to show how this guy is just completely degenerate. Right. Like we're not supposed to like no matter what he says, if we maybe agree with what he says about social equality, then we see him trying to to steal his his brother's wife. And we're just like, no, he's he's a complete a-hole and we don't like him. And so we're not going to listen to. Right. But we do learn that he's got some backers for King. Sure. Now, my question, I got a couple of rhetorical questions for you. Why would anybody want a human king to rule over inhumans? I get why the underclass would want him to be king. But they're not really in a position of strength, are they? Well, that, I mean, that was my question, be it rhetorical or not, is that the the people who are helping him out are they inhumans or are they human yeah i don't get what uh aron is that her name the the I you guess. know the, yeah. um, the she, I, i'd say she must be inhuman right cuz she gets all stabbed and then she just comes back to life oh so i didn't understand whether it was that she was inhuman and those were her healing powers or whether, cause it looked like she was kind of waving her hand over her wounds. And I wondered, okay, maybe they have some sort of technology. Oh yeah, that could be too. So I, I wasn't really sure about that, but uh, again, wh- why would the inhumans allow him to rule them? And, unless, and he's obviously a very skilled speaker, so he's going to 
probably have already thought that one through. But Maximus has assassins on Earth. There's a coup underway. He's got the royal guards. But Karnak, loyal advisor, tells Crystal what's going on, and, and the, the plan is to use Lockjaw to get the royal family away. And they do get everybody away except, of course, Crystal. But before all of that, Maximus's guards capture Medusa. He shaves her head. And, you know, I, I didn't notice it the first time, but on the rewatch, the anger in his face as he's doing it just mm-hmm. runs, runs so deep. And, and then, you know, it's like on to Black Bolt. But then it got me to thinking, like, all right, what is it with this guy and cutting things off? Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that was disturbing. There's obviously more to it than, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's an anger, you know, like, not unlike, you know, Alexander Pope's The Rape of the Lock, right? I mean, this is oh. almost like, a, there, there's a lot of rape-like elements to what what he does to Medusa. Well, I was kind of know. referring to and, Ramsey and she Bolton. looks... He, well, right, right, yeah, and she looks victimized. Um, obviously, it's not just cutting her hair, but also removing her power and um, asserting his power over her. So it's just all of these, you know, um, well, sexual I, power I, play I, things that are. are, are I play mean, here. I get that she, I get that she can control her hair, but what's the damn stuff made out of? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, yeah. so I, I just hair. And then what's the deal with the guy that can apparently neutralize everybody else's powers? Yeah, right. That seems to be like the best power of all. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right. So we learn about Black Bolt and why he doesn't speak. And I, and I think we need to have that in, in these first two episodes. Apparently his voice accidentally killed his parents. And... Before he can kill Maximus, Lockjaw gets them all away. And it raises that question, would he have defended himself and taken Maximus out? I mean, he didn't get that chance because Lockjaw spirited him away. But we wonder. I'm guessing no, he would not have. But Crystal's left behind. But you don't think he would have killed Maximus? No, I don't think so. And I think I that's, think he was totally ready to do it. Well, I, I hope you're right. I mean, I think that's one of his flaws, at least as I see in the first two episodes, is, is that he's not willing to do what has to be done. He's soft on crime, Dave. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, but Black Bolt, Medusa, Karnak, and Gorgon are now in Hawaii, disoriented, but not, not for too long. Lockjaw comes back to get Crystal, but uh, of course, Lockjaw's powers are disabled as well. And, you know, I, I in, in terms of a plot point, I, I like the fact that Crystal's there by herself, the seemingly helpless young girl who's clearly anything but. And, you know, we, we see as we talked a little bit about before, Medusa gets on that tourist bus. And at this point, back on the moon, in Adelan, Maximus begins his disinformation campaign so he can take over the throne. And what is it that he brings that Black Bolt lacked? I mean, he can't simply say nobody has to work in the mines anymore because I am assuming 
that whatever it is they mine, they yeah. need to survive. Right. So, right. which is why he's I, not letting anyone out of the mine. So, really, nothing's changing here. Right. So, what is his appeal going to be? Why did Crystal and Medusa's parents hate Black Bolt and his family? I mean, we don't get the answer, but it is raised. Well, it, it seems like they were, like, you know, from the lower class. Okay. Okay. So it's it's merely wow. Okay. And then I love her. But it seems to be working with Crystal, right? Well, it does. And I love her response to him on the one hand. I I love it. On the other hand, I I do kind of hate it. You make me sick. You're just a human. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Which you could could argue he pushes her to say that. Yeah, but that's that's so racist, man. It's just like, man, she just threw it out there. I know, were her powers. And again, I had to look that up, but apparently she can control the elements, earth, water, air, and fire. We don't really get to see any of that because yeah. she gets neutralized. Well, it sucks when you're well. on the moon then, right? <laughs> yeah, good point. It's not like any of those things are there, really. All right, so Gorgon is on Earth searching for Triton, which brings up the point, why the hell did they send Triton to earth it's not exactly like he can blend in yeah right you know with his legs and his hooks yeah. and and i mean the surfers you know again we can't forget that the you know the inhumans are known to exist on earth right and you know the you know fortunately we see a you know a, a rather uh, sympathetic group of hawaiian surfers so you know they think it's pretty cool but Still, why would you send him? But uh, And then yeah. back to NASA. Louise has picked up energy bursts on the moon, tracked them to Oahu, and she's kind of figuring out what's going on, and surprised she gets relieved of her duties. Yeah. Which then raises the question, is there somebody within NASA or higher that does know what's going on? Yeah, well, and for clearly, whatever reason... What's yeah, that? Clear, clearly, they they, you know, they they want to shut Louise up. Uh, it seems a little extreme to fire her just because she's pretty sure she saw a hoof in the video, you know? All right, well, Maximus is obviously stupid enough to fall for the trap that Gorgon is sent, setting for him, uh, which is, you know, the, the plan that the surfers float out there, which, you know, again, it's not... A bad plan. I yeah, mean, really. No, it's not terrible. It's not Sit there and great. wait to be rescued or, you know, send out an SOS and bring them to you. But uh, <laughs> both Black Bolt and Medusa realize they need different clothes. So we don't get to see what her clothes are like. But uh, that was a great scene when he goes into the men's clothing stores. Uh, first thing right. I'm thinking, like, all right, how are they going to pay? No, they don't. But right? No, <laughs> they don't. Exactly. How about and, and this? I, I won't talk. And when they're at the police station, you know, when he gets out of the cuffs and just hands them to them and just, uh, you know, it just lets them know, I'm, I'm going to go along. You don't need to. You don't need to worry. And the one cop says, put your guns away. He's, he's cooperating, which, again, I'm not sure that was the wisest course of action. I mean, yeah. it worked out okay. But, uh, right. 
Well, they haven't really seen anything from him to make them think that he's anything other than just kind of a strange guy. Right, you know? sure. But sure. You, one thing at this point I'd like to say, like for Anson Mount is a really good actor. And he has to, because he doesn't have the ability to say the lines, he's got to express a lot of stuff like through his face, right? And I sure. think we definitely get a sense of this imperious nature of Black Bolt, you know, like he is used to being the king. He's not like some humble guy who just happens to be king. He is, you can see, he he kind of considers himself to be better than others just by like the, actually I, I will use this word supercilious, right? Because it means, in Latin, it means eyebrow, right? But he's very supercilious, right? He's always okay. raising his eyebrows as if he's better than all the people around him, which, based on Crystal's comment, he does think that because they're all humans. He definitely thinks he's above them, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we don't get very many action scenes, which is, is ordinarily fine with me. I did like the one uh, between RN and, and Medusa, which was, at least from my perspective, a fight between two with no powers because of course Medusa lost her hair and the uh, the thing that comes out of that scene at the end she wants to hang the traitor Maximus which then brings up the question is her husband going to execute his own brother and you know down the road I don't know if they're going to address this in in the next six episodes or not Six episodes, it's not a lot of time to, you know, let things develop, but but certainly that's hanging out there. And then in the mines, Maximus goes to see Bernadja and his father and tells him he's going to play a big part in the new society because he knows the kid can see the future. And he says, and I can build it. And then he leaves the kid in the mines. <laughs> I'm like, yep. okay. Yeah. Yep. You're going to be an integral part of my plans. Uh, but right now, I just need you to like get this stuff off the wall and get it back up, please. Oh, right, and and you know, playing to the plate of the working man and all that. But like we said before, well, what's the alternative? I mean, if nobody minds, probably nobody eats or right. nobody, you know, whatever. But you know, the whole idea—two brothers, one throne. Okay, we've we've been down that road a lot in other shows. Is it true? that Black Bolt rules over a rigid meritocracy. Yeah, what is, what what is a rigid says. What is a rigid meritocracy? Well, the, obviously that, that you rise to your level of power based on your merit. And it's, you know, I mean, I guess for me as coaches, you know, we both coached sports where we had to sometimes make decisions on just simply what we saw with our eyes and what we knew with our experience as opposed to a sport like track the stopwatch does not lie right you know and in here you know with an inhuman the inhuman's power does not lie this inhuman has a power you do not have and in terms of rigidity i guess i'm thinking that that there is no place for someone without power. So I assume that's what he means by that. And he's not wrong. 
So, yeah. you know, I, mean, I mean, that's, again, that's what's so fascinating about what it is he's trying to do here. But I don't think for a second any of us believe he has these people's best interests at heart. This is all for him, and this is his battle to show that he's better than his brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, uh, you know, this is a, a guy with some some issues, especially with regard to his older brother, and you know, and so I, I, we, I sincerely doubt this populist rhetoric that he espouses, and I think really it's just a naked grasp for power. Absolutely. Yep. And so, I, so I don't know. I mean, again, he's a skillful speaker. We don't know how intelligent these humans are. You know, the fact that they don't have power doesn't mean they're not smart. So whether or not they buy into this rhetoric or not, he does have the military, the Royal Guard at his disposal. So we go back to that whole idea of fear and intimidation. Will he use it? Hell yes. There's no reason to think otherwise. I don't know. Um, You know, I thought it was okay. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The characters are nowhere near as likable. I mean, right away with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you liked everybody. And Agent Carter, while the cast was not as as big, you liked everybody right away there as well. Sure. Yeah, I I miss Agent Carter a lot. I really, really liked Agent Carter. So, Um, I mean, you know, I'm thinking just probably a C. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, Uh, it's solid C. I give it a solid meh, you know. Yeah, like I don't, I don't it think it was terrible. Well, right. No, I mean it was, it was entertaining. I didn't feel like you know, ABC, you owe me two hours of my life back. No, 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 or, or no. four hours because we watched it twice. Yeah, right. It was, it was solid, uh, but just not good. Not really gripping. I don't really care. Like Black Bolt's getting taken to prison. I'm like, I don't. I don't really care, you know. Yeah, because like I, I kind of cared about Medusa a little bit and Crystal a little bit, and 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 definitely Karnak. But uh, other than that, you know, it's just like, yeah. you know, just not really, yeah. not really into it. And uh, you know, I don't know. It was it, it was it was solid. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't do anything really terrible. There was some really bad dialogue points. Um, there's just so much cliche stuff in there you mentioned, you know, just for it to, to me to call this a good episode. I, I, I just can't do that. Yeah. I mean, if you're really into Marvel comics and, and you know, you you followed the history of the, you know, then maybe this is something that you're really going to find interesting because you've got a history with these characters through the comics. Well, which it, obviously we don't. Yeah, well, and like I said, I, I did would see Medusa every once in a while, and she was always drawn as a tall, was obviously with the hair, um, with exceptionally large chest to boot, and so for them to open up the show with Medusa naked in bed and doing stuff with her hair probably sent every comic book nerd into a complete tizzy, you know, to be able to finally, oh my God, I've been waiting to see that forever. So, um, but, Damn but hair yeah, yeah. Got in the way, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, just nah. So, 
Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to bring up specifically about it? Uh, well, okay. Just one thing is we had um, a kind of, I don't know how to put it, a goth version of Break On Through and Paint It Black. And then they actually played, uh, I believe they played Don't Bring Me Down by ELO. They did. Yeah. So uh, some, some good uh, music choices here. Yeah, and anytime you don't use the original, you run a risk. But I thought the versions they did use were really cool. Yeah, I mean, I would obviously rather have the original there, but you know, they, but it, it kind of so- sounded a little bit creepier with how they did. Yeah. So, all right, well, why don't we leave right. it there? Um, like we said, the last couple of weeks, we're going to come back next week with episode one of season two of dollhouse because we've got a couple of weeks before travelers begins which then obviously leads into the librarians and there's going to be some overlap there and we'll figure that out uh, when we get closer but next yeah. week dollhouse actually the next two weeks dollhouse so looking forward to revisiting that world as always we want to thank you guys for joining us love to hear what you think about really anything that's going on in genre television and there is so much encourage you to join the facebook group share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community and already a member spread the word emails as we always say sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab on the website and we'll be back next week to talk about season two episode one of dollhouse titled vows but until then well you know it's so funny because all this outdoor stuff reminded me of my days as a boy scout and uh you know we, there was always in scout camp we'd always have the one night would be uh you know hot dogs and pork and beans night and just remember always the uh rule number one from that night is never approach downwind dumbass <laughs>